Let's come to God's word this morning. Recording in progress. You know, it's been such a spirit-led and spirit-filled meeting. Wow, wow, that, that's been so good. And uh, and the the verse that I started out with, with uh, sorry, not I started out with, but, but, but that was read during the worship by Nawaz and Sam and myself here is Isaiah 44 verse 3, which says, for I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. Wow. You know, amazing promise of God to pour out his spirit. And the same promise is reflected in Joel chapter 2. In Joel chapter 2, where it says, and it was quoted by Peter in the New Testament. Joel chapter 2 says this, chapter 2 verse 28. And afterwards I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Wow. You know, a great promise in Isaiah and in Joel for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Last week, Lassia served us wonderfully by uh, sharing about the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was first poured out upon the believers. And, and after that outpouring of the Holy Spirit, those believers went out and changed the world. They turned it upside down. They proclaimed the gospel and with the power of, and boldness of the Holy Spirit, with signs and wonders following. And from that day forth, 2000, that day, 2,000 years ago till today, the gospel is going forth with great power across generations and across the nations of the world. Yesterday, I was watching some videos about Iran. You know, it's amazing. How in Iran, it's, the videos are saying that the fastest growing church in the world is in Iran, where people are coming to faith through online meetings, okay, through online meetings and supernatural visitations of God. Wow, that is amazing. And so as a church, Word of Grace, we need to, be, get, we need to get caught up. We need to get caught up with what God is doing in our midst by the power of the Holy Spirit. Or we'll miss the bus. We don't want to miss the bus. All right. God is at work across the world. He's pouring out his spirit. We had prophetic words to that effect, you know, and, and uh, let's take hold of it. So uh, let's pray this morning. Father, we just thank you for this morning. Thank you for your presence here in our midst. Thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for your anointing upon me as I proclaim your word. Lord, I just pray your anointing upon each one of us. That as we hear your word, that our minds would be open, our hearts would burn, and truth would transform us. And that most importantly, Lord, you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. In, in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Okay, so, you know, the Holy Spirit can be a little mysterious force to many of us. What is the work of the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do? You know, it's easy for us to relate to the Father. All of us have had fathers, earthly fathers, and we say, okay, I know father. It's easy to relate to Jesus, a son. Some of, many of us are sons, some of us have sons, so we can relate to son. But the Holy Ghost, you know, 
Whenever you are the, that spirit ghost means the same thing. And we say, what is this Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost? What, what, what? That was the old English word for Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost. And we say, oh, what exactly and who exactly is the Holy Spirit? And uh, so let's look at it this morning. So first of all, the Holy Spirit is the manifest presence of God in the world. That's what the Holy Spirit is. God reveals himself through the Holy Spirit in the world. And we see that the Holy Spirit was not just for the New Testament, but he was at work in the Old Testament, right in the very beginning. And when I say beginning, I mean right in the beginning. Turn with me to Genesis. We're going to look at a lot of scriptures this morning. So I hope you've got your Bible out there. Okay, everybody, get hold of a Bible because we want to be people of the book. All right. And as I say those verses, turn to them. Turn to them. Okay. So in, in Genesis chapter 1, it says, in the beginning... Verse 1, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Wow. And verse 3, and God said, let there be light and there was light. And so right in the beginning of the Bible, we see God the Father there. We see the Holy Spirit hovering over the waters and we see the Word of God, the Lord Jesus involved in creation father son and holy spirit so the holy spirit was there right right in the beginning okay and what did the holy spirit do you know now in the, in the old testament the holy spirit came upon people for a purpose and for a while it didn't the holy spirit didn't remain on them he was there maybe for the lifetime or maybe just for a short time okay and it and the holy spirit was not poured out upon everybody it was on few individuals for a particular purpose and these individuals with the power of the Holy Spirit, did amazing things. Okay, we're going to quickly look at Judges. Judges chapter 3, verse 10. And we see here we have Othniel. Othniel. What did he do? Judges 3, verse 10. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him so that he became Israel's judge and went to war. The Lord gave Cushan Rishtam, king of Aram, into the hands of Othniel, who overpowered him. So by the Spirit of God... Othniel overcame this enemy of God. All right. And verse 11 says this. So the land had peace for 40 years until Othniel, son of Kenaz, died. Amazing. One man filled with the Holy Spirit, defeated the enemies of God until he died. 40 years later, the land enjoyed peace. Amazing. Okay. This is because of the work of the Holy Spirit. Then we look at Gideon in Judges chapter 6. You know, G Gideon was the least in his family and his clan was the weakest among all the, the clans there in Manasseh. Okay, this is who Gideon was. And yet the Holy Spirit came upon him. Look at G Gideon, verse, Gen uh, Judges chapter 6, verse 34. It says there, then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, Judges chapter 6, verse 34. And he blew a trumpet, summoning the Abyssalites to follow him. Okay, That's what he did in Judges chapter 6, verse 34. And then what, what he did was he was able to defeat Judges chapter 7, verse 8. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites to their tents, but kept the 300 with him. And with 300 people, Gideon defeated the huge army of the Amalekites and the Midianites. Wow, 300 people only, you know, 
And th that is amazing, you know, because God filled Gideon with the Holy Spirit. And who was Gideon? Look at Gideon chapter, uh, Judges chapter 6, verse 15. Uh, look at verse 14, when, when God called Gideon. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? Verse 15, but Lord Gideon asked, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I'm in the least in my family. I'm a nobody. The Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites together. Wow, you know, amazing. How is it possible? Only because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay. Then, of course, you have Samson in Judges chapter 14, verse 6. What did Samson do? Look at this. 14 verse 6. The spirit of the Lord came upon him in power and he tore the lion apart with his bare hands as he might have torn a young goat. Samson destroyed a lion with his bare hands because the spirit of the Lord came upon him. In, in, in Judges 14 verse 9, Samson did this. Okay, uh, nine onwards, uh, sorry, he, he, uh, he said this, you know, he gave a riddle to the people and, uh, and anyway, the long story and the long and short of it is that he killed 30 of the people there when the spirit of the Lord came upon him. Judges 16 verse 19, then the spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. He went down to Ashkelon, struck down 30 of their men etc, etc. One man, first he killed a lion, then he killed 30 of the enemies of God. And then in, in chapter 15, this is what he did. Okay, verse 14, Judges chapter 15, verse 14. As he approached Lehi, the Philistines came towards him shouting, the spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. Okay, the ropes on his arms became like charred flax and the bindings dropped from his hands. Verse 15 is really funny. He took a fabulous weapon. Finding a fresh jawbone of a donkey, he grabbed it and struck down a thousand men. <laughs> okay, so amazing power. What did Samson do? He was filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? So, so we see in the, in the Old Testament, there have been so many examples where the Holy Spirit, and we don't have time to get into the others, but the Holy Spirit came upon people and transformed them for the purposes of God. So today you may be thinking, I'm shy, I'm an introvert, I don't have boldness, you know, I may not know the scriptures so well, I can't pray, and all kinds of things. I'm weak. Well, that's what the people in the Bible were, like Gideon. Like Samson. But when the Holy Spirit came upon them, the Holy Spirit transformed them and helped them do mighty exploits for God. And God can do the same for you. All right. Now, when we come to the Gospels, we see that Jesus is referred to as the Lamb of God. Yeah. Everybody remember that? The, Jesus in John is referred to as the Lamb of God. Now, have you any idea how many times in the Gospels Jesus is referred to as the Lamb of God? Any guesses? Some of you may know the answer, but look, just once. In John chapter 1, verse 29, 
The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Wow. And we hold on to that. Now, Jesus is the Lamb of God. He has taken away the sins of the world. And this morning, if there's anybody here who has not yet put your faith in Jesus, this is the time to do it. Jesus died as the Lamb of God for your sins. That if you believe in him as the only God, that salvation is found in no one else but the name of Jesus, your sins will be forgiven. Wow. You will go to heaven. And as we see now, that the Holy Spirit is promised to you that you will be a transformed person. Okay, so if there's anybody who has not yet done that, today is the day of salvation. You know, put your trust in Jesus and come and speak to one of us. Message me and say, I did it today. Wow, that'll be great. And the Bible says, much rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents. All right? So, so that's what Jesus is known as the Lamb of God. But, and we remember the Lamb of God and it's precious and it's wonderful. But do you know that in the Bible, in that, in, the, in that same chapter where it says Jesus was the Lamb of God, okay, further down, it says this in verse 33, the second part. He says, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. In that same chapter where Jesus is called the Lamb of God, there's a reference there to Jesus being the one who will baptize us with the Holy Spirit. Okay, quick Greek lesson. What does baptize mean? Immerse completely. I immerse, immerse, immerse completely. All right, that's what baptize means, immerse. So John the Baptist is saying, hey, that's Jesus. He's the Lamb of God. He will take away the sins, but he will also immerse you with the Holy Spirit. Okay, great. I'll keep that in mind. Now, this statement that Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit is very, very important. Now, if you have your Bible, you can underline it maybe to know it's important. Uh, maybe you can highlight it. Maybe you can make it blink. I don't know what, what else you can do, but something. Because it is not just repeated once. You know, Lamb of God, is, it's so important once. Baptized with the Holy Spirit that reference is there in all the four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All right? And uh, so time doesn't permit us to go into all the four Gospels. Okay? But, but, but that's where it is. Okay? In, in, uh, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it says that Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In Luke 3... He says, I, in Luke 3 verse 16, I baptize you with water, but one more powerful than I will come, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Okay? So we won't get into all those references. But not only is that recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, but it's also recorded in Acts. So that's four times in the Gospels. And then turn with me to Acts chapter 1 verses 4 and 5. And this comes out from no one else but the lips of Jesus, our loving Savior. Okay, Acts chapter 1, 4 and 5. Jesus says this to the waiting apostles after his resurrection from the dead. This is Acts chapter 1, verse 4. On one occasion while he was eating with them. I like this about Jesus. When he gets together with his disciples, he eats with them. I'm so missing that during this lockdown time. Anyway, while eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, 
which you have heard me speak about. Verse 5, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Wow. This is from the mouth of Jesus himself. And that's the fifth time. And the sixth time is in Acts chapter 11, verse 16. Acts chapter 11, verse 16. This is Peter speaking. Okay, let's, let's, let's read verse 15. This is Peter speaking, and he says, As I began to speak to them, he's talking about Cornelius' house, where the Holy Spirit came upon the Gentiles. He says, The Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Wow. Not once, not twice, not thrice, four, five, six times in the Bible, it says that Jesus will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Do you think it's important to be immersed and baptized in the Holy Spirit? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, so today we're going to look at that in more detail. Last year I opened it up a little bit last week and showed us a historical outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And today we're going to go a little more in depth on how to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, you know, there are three different references to baptism and immersion given in the Bible. Okay, I'm just going to cover this very quickly, just for you to know. Three different ones. The first one is Acts chapter, is in, sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. Okay, now we realize when you're immersing somebody, okay, there are, there are three elements at play. Okay, one is the, the, the person, of course. Number two is the baptizer. The person who actually takes you and immerses you, the baptizer. And the third thing is the medium. In what are you baptized? All right. So, for example, when we were water baptized, when you were water baptized, what was the, you know, it may have been a church leader or a friend or somebody who did that, right? He's the person who baptized you. What was the medium? Medium. Anybody? Water. Water. Medium was water. You were immersed in water. All right. Okay. Now, in the Bible, there are three different references to baptism or immersion. And sometimes some Christians get them muddled up and they think because the same word is used, they all refer to the same thing. Okay. But they don't refer to the same thing. They refer to three different events. So 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Now, help me here. It says, for we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Okay? All baptized into one. Now, hear this. Who, who gets baptized here? Who's he talking about? Talking about Christians. All right? Christians. Christians. Okay. Who is the one who baptizes here? Who is the baptizer? The Holy Spirit is the baptizer. Hold on to that. Well done. The Holy Spirit is the baptizer. What is the medium here? Body of body. The body of Christ. What's another word for the body of Christ? Church. Church. Church and Jesus. Okay. So the same thing. So this is talking about salvation. When you came to faith, the Holy Spirit took you and immersed you into Jesus. 
Got that? The Holy Spirit took you, immersed you into Jesus. And that is talking about salvation. That happens to all of us when we were saved. Okay, so this, the Holy Spirit is the baptizer. The medium is Jesus. And we were placed into his body. That's why throughout the New Testament, you'll see it says in Christ. We were in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. You remember that? Yeah, that's what it's talking to. We were baptized into Christ. All right. Second reference to baptism is Matthew 28, verse 19, which you should all know. You know, go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. In this, in this baptism, the baptizer is a follower of Jesus. You know, maybe it's your pastor, a leader, somebody in the church who took you and dunked you in water. What is the medium? Water. Okay. The medium is water. And this identifies you with Christ. Wow. Great. All right. And so this is the water baptism. The first one is salvation. The second is water. And the third reference to baptism, Matthew 3.11. For example, we, we looked at that. I don't know whether we did. But Matthew 3.11, about Jesus being the baptizer. What does it say there? Let's look at that. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11 says this. John the Baptist says, I baptize you with water for repentance. Okay, so John the Baptist says, I'm taking you and I'm putting you, immersing you in water. I'm the baptizer. The water is the medium. All right. But after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. All right. So what is he saying? He's saying, water baptism is over. And then there's another baptism. Who's the baptizer? Jesus. Jesus is the baptizer. What's the medium? Holy. The, Holy the Holy Spirit. Get it? So the third baptism or the third reference is this. Jesus takes you and he immerses you with the Holy Spirit. Okay? So I hope that's clarified. Now, there are some Christians who don't believe. They say, you know, at salvation, we receive the Holy Spirit, we're baptized in the Spirit, everything was over at salvation. But the New Testament does not bear that out. Okay, because we see in the New Testament, Jesus was baptized in water. Okay, in Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. And not only was he baptized, we saw he was baptized. Look at verse 16. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. Okay, just for us to realize, what is he talking about? Jesus was immersed in water. If there's anybody here who's not yet baptized, I want to encourage you. Get baptized ASAP. If you want to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, this is Jesus' first command. There is repent and be baptized. Okay? And go and make disciples, baptizing them. It's very important. Okay? Speak to me if you want to get baptized. And then what happens? At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. Wow. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son, son whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. So, so we see the Holy Spirit descending, coming down upon Jesus, immersing Jesus. You know, Jesus didn't do a single miracle. He didn't do any teaching. He didn't do anything till he was baptized in water and baptized with the Holy Spirit. Right? Next, we see the apostles. You know, the apostles in Acts chapter 2. We're waiting for this promise of the Father, waiting for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay, Before that, 
They were afraid. They were frightened. But in Acts chapter 2, they were baptized with the Holy Acts chapter 2 verse 4. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So we see that the apostles were baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, what difference did the baptism of the Holy Spirit make to the apostles? We saw the difference it made to Othniel and to Gideon and to Samson. That was all in the Old Testament. Okay, Today we don't go around killing people with the jawbone of a donkey. <laughs> okay, That was for them. So please remember that. Okay, so but today what do we do when we are filled with the Holy Spirit? Right? This is what we do. Okay. Look, look at the Apostle Peter. Okay. Before he was filled with the Holy Spirit, okay, he, he, was, he, he, he was the most outspoken of the lot, wasn't he? He was brave. He spoke out. You know, when, when Jesus walked on the water, he was among, he was the only apostle who says, Jesus, if it is you, call me. I'll come. I'll walk. And he did that. He was there. When Jesus was arrested, he was the guy who took the sword and cut off the ear of the high priest's servant. Right? But that was all in the flesh. Look at Matthew 20, uh, 26, verse 69. When Jesus, was arrest, uh, when Jesus was arrested, and Jesus was before the Sanhedrin, okay, Peter sneaked in there to see what was happening. And in verse 69, it says, now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him. Servant girl. And she said, you also were with Jesus of Galilee. She said, but he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about. Whoa. That was Peter denying Jesus before a servant girl and others. Verse 71, then he went out to the, the, uh, to the gateway where another girl saw him and said to the people, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, surely you are one of them for your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses on himself and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Now, think about this. The great apostle Peter, who walked on water, who took out his sword, was afraid of a servant girl. That was his state. In his flesh, we are like him. In our flesh, we are fearful. We are afraid. Okay? And we are like Peter. No better. All right. But what happened to Peter once he was filled with the Holy Spirit? Okay? Now, uh, turn with me to Acts, Acts chapter 1 first. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus gave them this amazing promise. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says this But you will receive power. Everybody say power. 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 It says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the world. So Jesus said, Hey, wait. Let the Holy Spirit come upon you and then you will receive power and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What, what did Peter do? When the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. All right. Remember Acts 2 verse 4. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues. In Acts chapter 2 verse 22, Peter stood up to 3,000 people or more and he proclaimed 
a wonderful message. Acts chapter 2 verse 22. Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders and signs which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. And he goes on. And he says, with the, he says, this man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him up from the dead and so forth. All right. So this Peter, who was afraid of a servant girl, when he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he spoke between 3,000 people, proclaimed the gospel boldly. In, in chapter 3, verse 13, after Peter and John heal a crippled man, in verse 3, verse 13, in front of the temple, in the, in the temple courts, in front of everybody, he says, The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released. You killed the author of life, but God raised him up from the dead. Wow, what boldness. Okay, so one is before 3,000 people, then it's the temple courts, and then it's not just the temple courts, but if you look at Acts chapter 4, verse 8 to 10, this is before the rulers. Look at Acts chapter 4, verse 5. The next day, the rulers, the elders, and teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. In front of all these people, the chief priests, the elders, the rulers of the law, you know, Peter is an ordinary fisherman. Look at verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said, rulers and elders of the people. He's addressing them. And he goes on to say, verse 12, salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name given to men by which they must be saved. Wow. In, in verse 10, he says, then know this, that you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified. Can you imagine the boldness that Peter had? Okay. So, so we see that. So what? Will the Holy, what difference will the Holy Spirit make? The first thing it'll do, it, the baptism of the Holy Spirit will do, is it'll give you great boldness. Great boldness, like Peter and the other disciples had. Okay? And it's boldness to proclaim the gospel, to tell people about Jesus. Okay, the next thing that the Holy Spirit will do is we were praying this morning for signs and wonders. Look at Acts chapter 6, verse 8. Okay? And it talks about Stephen. Was it now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, did great wonders and miraculous signs among the people? That's what Stephen did. He wasn't one of the apostles. He was a servant. He served on tables. Okay. In in uh, in, in in Acts chapter six, verse five, it speaks about Stephen. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and also and of the Holy Spirit, and also Philip. So Stephen, Philip, and the other five are all full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit. They were chosen to serve biryani on the table. That's what they've chosen to do. Okay? And they did it, but they also did mighty signs and wonders. That, so we see Stephen did that. In Acts chapter 8, we, we see Philip. Okay? Philip. Acts chapter 8, verse 4. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks, evil spirits came out and out of many, and many paralytics and cripples were healed, so there was great joy in the city. Peter performs miracles. 
Philip performed miracles. Stephen performed miracles. Wow, great thing. So signs and wonders, okay? The next thing that the Holy Spirit does, and we're going to dive into the Old Testament for that, and this is important, although it is not so emphasized maybe in the New Testament, or it is emphasized differently, let's put it that way. In uh, Exodus chapter 31, Exodus chapter 31, verse 1 to 4. Exodus 31, 1 to 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, ability, and knowledge in all kinds of crafts to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, and so forth. Okay? So what does the Holy Spirit do? He gives us skill. Ability, knowledge, supernatural skill, ability, knowledge. And this is not restricted to just the work of God, but it can be in your work, in your profession, where God will give you skill, ability, knowledge to solve problems, to find out new things. In, in, in Exodus 35, verse 34, it speaks about another gift. Exodus 35, verse 34, which is mirrored in the New Testament. Okay? Which says... Uh, here, and he has given both him and Aholiab, son of Hishamak of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach others. You see, teaching is also a gift of the Spirit. All right, and we see it in the Old Testament here as well. So this is what the Holy Spirit does. And then, of course, we've got the different gifts of the Spirit. Okay, well, we don't have time to get into all of them this this, this morning but the different gifts of the Spirit, okay? And uh, I think, you know, there's much more to speak on about, but our time is nearly over. Okay, So I'm going to continue this message next week. Okay? But this is what we're going to do today. Okay? Let's reflect on this. The Holy Spirit... Jesus wants to baptize us with the Holy Spirit, immerse us. Now, many of you may have already been immersed, baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, and that's good news. But being filled with the Holy Spirit is not a one-time thing, okay? It It happens over and over again. The first time it happens, it's called the baptism with the Holy Spirit, okay? But subsequently, it's called filled with the Holy Spirit. For example, in Acts chapter 4, verse 31, Acts chapter 4, verse 31 says, After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. These are the disciples. They met for prayer. Yeah, They had already been filled with the Holy Spirit, gift of tongues, all that had happened, but they continued to preach, be filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke the word of God boldly. In Acts chapter 4, verse 8, it talks about Peter. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. Hey, in Acts chapter 2, he was filled. Acts chapter 4, again, he's filled in verse 8. And in Acts chapter 31, again, he's filled. So you can be filled over and over and over again with the Holy Spirit. Okay? So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to bring this time to a close. But we're going to spend a few minutes asking Jesus, Jesus, Fill us with your Holy Spirit. We want more of your Holy Spirit. All right? And uh, I want to tell each and every one of you, 
If you're fearful, if you're afraid of speaking out the gospel, if you'd like to see signs and wonders and miracles, answered prayer in your life, if you'd like to see greater boldness in witnessing and testifying and praying, okay, if you want to see a supernatural ability in skills, knowledge and abilities, you need more of the Holy Spirit. All right? And uh, so we're going to pray a song right now. And uh, what I'd like you to do is, you know, be in a posture of receiving. Hold your hands up to Jesus and say, Jesus, I want more of your Holy Spirit. All right? More of your Holy Spirit. All right. Uh, we can do that. Uh, can we play the song right now?